I don't want to set the world on fire I just want to start a flame in your heart Hi, this is Tom Church with Role Playing Public Radio, episode 24 Go, go, go! And other action movie cliches that was, uh, that was just great, Tom. I know. I, t- I tried to avoid the announcer voice because I keep giving you shit on it. Yeah. The last thing I want to do is have you have fuel to give me shit. <laughs> well, Tom, you see, you don't understand. I will always have fuel to give well, you I shit. Well, I know. I don't want to give you any more than you already have. I, well, all right. Well, we'll, we'll go with that. Anyways, we uh, have uh, this, obviously, this episode is going to be about action games. Action movie games that are full of action and action. And in case you're wondering about the title, that's uh, every uh, sci-fi channel movie tends to have... Sci-fi original movie. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, Tends to have scenes where the characters are running from something, usually badly CGI animated monsters or rubber monster monsters. And they are are screaming at each other to go, go, go. Or go, go, go! Or move, move, move! Go, go, go! So, uh... That, that that's become a running joke between us. So yeah. Anyways, oh, one thing before we we uh, get into the the action. action. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, next weekend we are going to be at uh, Saturday or uh, the twenty second. We will be in Kansas City at SeanCon playing a uh, Call of Cthulhu game uh, written by uh, John Crow or John Hook, and it's. Uh, Full of Cthulhu goodness. It's something I think it's called the Murder of Crows or a Season of Crows. I know I'm getting this wrong. Well, so. we we will we prom- can't look. Well, we up. will we will promise you, dear listeners, we will try at some point during that game to go 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 go. Yes, and of course we'll probably die horribly. So we'll anyway, insane. You can uh, look forward to that actual play. Also, I have started running a D and D Fourth Edition campaign. Recorded the first session. Tom was not in it, but he'll be in there. I was, hey, I was doing a charity quiz night. Yes, and you failed. And my God, did I, would I have preferred to have been here? <laughs> so anyways, oh. we got uh, uh, one game already recorded. Cody is in it, uh, along with uh, other longtime players, Dan and Jason. And Tom will be there next time. Indeed. And uh, yes, it's, a, it's, been, it's been fun so far. It's Fourth Head's uh, different, and I'm getting used to it. You can run normal games with it. It's just a little more combat-y. Combat-y. Combat. I like that, that. That's a word now. Can, can we use that for this episode? Yes. This combatty. Combatty. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm there. I am so there. It's very truthy. Anyways, uh, so how do you do a good action game? Of course, when talking about action, there are two real components. The individual sequence, the scene, the fight, the encounter, whatever. And then there's the larger game campaign structure. Right. So we'll, you know, uh, Tom, we'll just go straight into the action scene sequence right. stuff so anyway and uh, the majority of games i have run in the past 10 years have been action based not and i don't mean i don't mean you know combat scenes come up i mean it's action movie type stuff like if you were to put it in um if you were to make a movie out of it and then get that dvd because it would have to be a direct dvd movie none of your ideas merit the theater tom how you doing <laughs> Ross, you know, I come here and I try to be open and do my thing, and there you are just smashing me down. I know. Well, to be fair, Tom, direct-to-DVD movies are more profitable. Profitable. They're easier to make. Anyways. I'm not in this for the money. The DVD would go in the action part of the blockbuster store, is what I'm saying. Yeah. 
So or the sci-fi. Or the, we we should mention that action can be in any genre. You can have horror sci-fi, action, a sci-fi action, yes. horror action, gargoyles action. Yeah, fantasy action. Yeah, or uh, romantic comedy action. Yeah, or time travel midgets who dress up as Lincoln and Hitler and go on a gay rampage against uh, fifth century and Chinese s- dynasty and Stalin and his army of golems. Yes, that 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 kind of thing. So, anyways, awesome. You can have action in any number of genres, but so you you've done mostly primarily action games. So. Yes, and. Uh, and every, everything I've done, all the games I've mostly run, all the scenes, they've had a few things universally in common. Mm-hmm. First thing, you know, first thing, obviously, the, the overall scene, to, first to run a good action sequence is where it's taking place. We, I think we mentioned this a few uh, in a few episodes, but thinking up of a good place to have a fight, a mm-hmm. gunfight, a martial arts fight, a sword fight, whatever, it's the setting is the first thing you need to think of. And this, yeah, I've I have run them everywhere: bridges, tunnels, luxury hotel, penthouses, an airliner. Yeah, I've I've run them. You name it, I've run a. I probably run an action sequence in it. Well, you mentioned that you know when coming up with these ideas that probably the first thing you should do is. Um, I know you mentioned about stealing, basically watching great action yeah. movies, and that that and steal blatantly. Yeah. Um, so when looking, look at the place, the, the, like the new Bond movie, mm-hmm. which is in the, the quantum of solace. We saw that, uh, last night? yeah, last night and it wasn't the greatest movie. Uh, it was pretty conventional action movie, but one thing they did have was, uh, a lot of fights in a lot of different places, like, uh, at a horse race in, uh, Italy somewhere. Yeah. There was, or, uh, the car chase through like the, I think it was the, like an Autobahn type road. Yeah. Um, which went into a quarry. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they had luxury hotel in the middle of the desert. Luxury debt, and which then had really explosive hydrogen fuel cells. Really but, explosive yeah. hydrogen fuel. Which cells. that's one of the important first thing you need to do wherever you're running it. Well, first of all, the way I, the way I do it first, I picture I figure where they're going to be in in a and they're going in a scene. Mm-hmm. Say they're going to find a witness to something in who's staying in a try hiding in a hotel. I think okay. A hotel, good place to have an action sequence. So the easiest thing to do, they find him, then the thugs show up to try to kill the guy. Right, and that, and then that fight can go through the whole hotel. Right, yeah, through the kitchen, through the dining room, the lobby, uh, the laundry room. Yeah, think of all the different locations in a hotel. And if you've seen movies, you know what those places look like. Yeah, and you. Well, and, yeah, games aren't very, you know, realism is not a virtue in a game. So no. you, even if you, none of the players know what a hotel kitchen looks like, describe, make it up, basically. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, the great thing, modern day is easy because everyone can picture that. Yeah. You say, okay, okay, it's a hotel. Everyone's probably stayed in a hotel at least once. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, describe it. What type of hotel is this? And a that's sleazy a, a, one? Another, yeah. one of the most important things. First, know everything that's in the location you're in because I guarantee you your players will want to will try to use something around them. Yeah, the scene the environment is a character basically in an uh, uh, an action scene. Like uh, one particular I had was run in a uh, the it was in a hotel in the downstairs lounge and bar. Yeah. And everything was used in that. Bottles of booze were being thrown, Molotov cocktails were being made. Someone was uh, actually a uh, hurting them toward a fire extinguisher then shooting the fire extinguisher next to them right you know gas mains for the stoves uh, chairs you know chairs were used every everything you know curtains were you know set on fire to you know to create smoke right 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, the basic idea is that, you know, uh, the environment is this whole character in of itself. So describe everything in detail. And uh, if you don't think of anything, anything that makes sense, the player suggested, use it. Yeah. You know, like if they say, oh, you're in a bar, well, then I'll grab the booze. Or if you're in a kitchen, obviously there are knives, there are hot pots full of water, boiling water. Yeah, gas, uh, you know, gas mains you can snap. And- yeah. So that's another thing you can do is uh, or you know, freezer hooks. Yeah. I, I actually I had someone you, like grab freezer meat hooks from the freezer. There you go. See, so the loca- and it also adds a lot of character to the game. Even if they don't make use of the individual pieces of scenery, uh, you know, like having a fight, like in the Bond movie, they have this fight at a horse race. Huge crowds of people, chaos, mm-hmm. uh, very dirty, very grimy, you know. All, and Bond has to chase a guy through this mash of people, this you know, mob of people in the building. And he's reluctant. He has a gun, but he's reluctant to shoot it. Bad guy isn't shoots an innocent yeah. person, and they're just pushing through the crowd. Nobody knows what's going on, and that reemphasize. And this is in early yeah. in the movie when Bond realizes they're traitors, so it reemphasizes the chaos. The uncertainty of the uh, yeah, bond and uh, as I said, a person is okay in a fight. A crowd is dumb, panicky, and dangerous. Right. So um, try and think of like what sort of themes you want to reinforce in your game. Like if you want, like uh, if the they're fighting a very clinical, very uh, ruthless group of people, then a freezer fight in a meat freezer makes sense because that emphasizes how cold they are, how uh, uh, brutal, you know, that they were. Yeah, and thugs can take innocence hot as human shields. Right, you know, meat workers or something like that. So um, just think of, you know, not only the the making use of it. Of course, aside from individual small pieces that the players can pick up, you know, the tools, the weapons, whatever else, think of the larger environment. Uh, Yeah. One one thing that really reemphasizes it by putting an unusual twist in the battle, which is to say it's the standard fight, you know, that people think of is two characters standing on a grid and they're trading attacks with each other. You know, I do so many mm-hmm. points of damage to you, you do so many points. Well, why don't you make it so that the battleground is different, you know, that they're... Like in the case of the hotel, the sprinkler system's going off. Yeah, and that it obstructs visibility. That makes it harder to use fire. And electrical, electric, and, and like, you know, weapons with electrical components can short out. Yeah, exactly. Um, or if they're on... Uh, well, and this applies anywhere in a modern game. There's a bomb somewhere. And yeah, there's a countdown ticking off to where the whole place you're fighting and it's going to blow up. Right. So this adds... It doesn't just change the, the sort of the dressing, but it also changes the actual rules the mechanics for the fight because now you you can't just fight it as long as you want you have a countdown and if yeah or like uh, one fight i remember i did was in yeah. a was in a condemned building that was gonna, about to be demolished mm-hmm. and uh the fight you know the fight started on one roof but it led over to this other building that the whole building is rigged to you know for controlled demolition right and they have you know and they're announcing you know they're over the bullhorn they're announcing the t- you know time to the time to count down to the the building's detonated Right, but the and but they're tri- the, you know they have to get down to the out of the building before it blows up. But okay, so they have to yeah. There's a race basically, and but there are thugs that keep wanting to stop them. Right, and uh, and another thing about it, a condemned building, even if you don't have you know the time limit on that, a condemned building is uh, inherently unstable. So you could put like any time the character walks across 
or moves across a certain area that there's a chance they could fall through or they or they they leap through a door right onto a whole bunch of broken glass right so uh again that adds character to it so the care the pcs would make different decisions in a fight they're not so willing to rush up to an enemy when they they aren't sure if they're even going to get there or they might try and exploit it to the enemy throw a grenade in the general area to take down an enemy or shoot the ceiling above them or like for a twist involving the crowds, what if your players are playing the villains? Yeah. Use the crowd to your advantage. Right. Uh, yeah, start a stampede, start a riot. Or uh, just like fire a gun up in the air as you're running through a crowded building. Right. So um, the environment is, obvious. yeah, for an individual action scene, uh, make it very colorful, make it very interesting, a unique place. Like, Add different, uh, lots of tools, lots of uh, interactive elements to it. The fully uh, destructible environment. Yeah, exactly. Which leads me to another thing. Property damage is good. <laughs> you know, a general rule of thumb my, my group's had is if the place we're fighting in is still standing by the end of the fight, you didn't do it right. Yeah, this is actually a very classic piece of uh, uh, action movies. I mean, this isn't like not just recent Die Hard or action movies, but think about, you know, back to swashbuckling days, you know, uh, Errol Flynn or things like that. They would be, you know, pulling down the drapes, uh, destroying... Doing the knife slide down the the sails of a ship. Um, Yeah, you know, the the villain thrusts his rapier at the the hero. The hero barely dodges and instead breaks, you know, the villain shatters a mirror or something like that. Knocks a candle over. Yeah, which starts a fire, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this is a very long-standing tradition in action movies. And that's the sort of thing you need to think about. And also, and the settings can apply to anything. Like that same kitchen, and it's say if you're on a starship in a kitchen, yeah. can have a lot of the same things, only with a sci-fi twist to it. Oh, okay, yeah, that's true. You know, so instead of like a gas line with an oven, you have like an electrified food synthesizer machine. Yeah, that still that I bet that can actually break down organic materials to recombine them into food. Right. Just shove a guy's hand through it and have his hands disintegrate. There you go. And you can also add an interesting game mechanic, like say if their spaceship is lost deep in space, that would give the PC the edge in the battle. But then they the fight's it. over. They're stranded with no food. Yeah, exactly. So it's sort of another interesting game mechanic. Oh, and shit. And I'll, I don't think I have to mention it. In a starship setting, puncturing the hull. Yeah. Yeah, you could that also like you uh, PCs want to avoid it so they can't use powerful weapons. They have to get up and close with use a knife. melee or yeah, yeah, um, or a taser or whatever the equivalent is. They can't use their fully heavy machine. Or like if you're on like a submarine, the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Wherever you're, like, wherever it is, there there can be all kinds of environmental hazards that the PCs can take into account or fail to. Right, and you know you you sort of hinting at it. You know, make it genre appropriate for sci-fi. That's appropriate for horror. Uh, example, if you wanted to do a horror action game, you would go back to like our advice on uh, horror games and like what's the biggest thing? Fear of the unknown, uncertainty. So what you do is, you know, say you put it in a dark area and the PCs don't know what will happen to them if they go to certain areas, or if they try certain options. And that uncertainty plus the fact that, you know, there's a gibbering ghoul coming at them, you know, well, yeah, I can look. either stand and try and fight the ghoul or I can run off into the darkness or I can jump on top of this pillar with the occult sigils on it. What the hell do i do yeah. so that adds a lot of it and of course you like, that's that is a appropriate time where the gm can go like or like cool's almost on you hurry up and yeah so, exactly like in a situation like that don't be afraid to not give them the players a lot of time to figure it out yeah because i've been in a few games where it's you know there's like something rushing at us but we have 20 minutes to think well to mull over what we're going to do that, that's a good point the pacing is vital aside you know once you you've planned out you know, you've spent some time you got this great badass you know 
set for your fight you then you need to think about you know when you're running the game the set you uh running the game you need to think about pacing like you don't want it 20 minutes per no but the same token you also don't want you're going so fast you can't you don't have time to do anything right you need it fast but not confusing that's sort of the pay and um give each player like a minute or something or i remember what i gave me you you remember you did you said okay oh yeah what are you gonna do it's like all right 10 Nine, you know, do do a you know quick countdown. Yeah, if you're really wanting to lay the pressure on, so but don't do that. But give them time to breathe, you know. Yeah, Uh, which was kind of a problem with the James Bond movie we saw yesterday. Yeah, it was one fight and one fight chase, fight chase, fight chase, fight chase. Then two minutes of talking, fight chase, and yeah, yeah. So um, you don't want to give them not, but that's more of a campaign issue. So we'll 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 get into that that later. later. Yeah. but anyways, um, you know, so, okay, again, you, you got the pacing. Pacing's pretty easy. Once you, mm-hmm. once you get a sense of the individual group, your players, you'll know what's too fast for them. And you want to get make them a little anxious, a little mm-hmm. tense, but you don't want to just totally have them throw their arms up and you're like, all right, I give up. So yeah. it's kind of a fine line. But if you're a good GM, you'll, you'll read You'll all. know the line. Yeah. So, so you got this awesome set. Okay. You know how to pace, but who the hell are the players going to fight? Exactly, and for this, as we've always done, there are there are actually there are three basic types of villains. There's the mook, mm-hmm. which which depending on the setting, you can have one or two, or you can throw fifty mooks. Right. But these are the guys that you really don't you really don't fuss over. If you score a hit with a big gun, you just you lay them out. Right. As, Most a lot of modern games now they. Uh, explicitly have mook or minion rules fourth ed there are minions that only have one hit point yeah so, so there's there's them you know the ones that they don't you know they're they're the ones that keep that shoot they're the stormtroopers that you can be 10 feet in front of them and they somehow still miss you right they're dangerous only in numbers then uh, i'll use a term andy uses yeah. my friend andy which is meta mook mm-hmm. these are the the slight the slightly more experienced more dangerous foes this is like you know the the mooks are the hordes of guys with pistols. This is the guy that actually has like an M16. Okay, sort of like a mini boss. Is that yeah. what you describe them? Yeah, mini boss. Okay, that uh, uh, like he takes a little more work to get down, mm-hmm. a little more dangerous. Sometimes just in just in the uh, fact of that he has a bigger gun, or he has a little more experience, or he actually has a Kevlar vest. Okay, and then there's the elite. Right. These are this is the boss fight. Right. This is. This is the caster Troy. This is the Darth Vader. This is the the big guy that when he shows up, you go, oh fuck. Yeah. One thing, um, you know, aside from giving them interesting personalities and characteristics, yeah, uh, you should give them an interesting attack form or style. Like in the case, you know, caster Troy, twin two twin plated right. gold forty fives. One thing that um, a lot of games do is. Uh, further weapon choice or attack choices is that there's the one obvious route that everyone goes and you know in D it would be the long sword or the great and the great mm-hmm. sword and everyone either takes a seat a shield and a long sword or a great sword even though there are all these other weapons so what i would do is pick one of these obscure weapons and pick a guy who maxes that out like you know? a flail or yeah a flail or a halberd or um you know a an chain, M- or yeah. in a case, an M60 or a chain gun. Yeah, well, M60 is even obvious. I, I mean, like maybe like a scorpion submachine pistol or or machine pistol. Sorry, or you know, crossbow. Yeah, crossbow. Even that would be pretty interesting. Um, you know, or maybe so. Give them some unusual attack pattern. Like a what was the guy in a No Country for Old Men? <coughs> Sugar. 
Sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. that. that like, yeah, the bolt gun. Yeah, the bolt gun. That. Yeah, that would. That's a perfect example because part of his attack, the way he attacks people, is that nobody knows, understands what the hell that thing is until he puts it to their forehead and kills them with it. Yeah. Uh. So and then of course he has the silent shotgun, which is also kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but definitely a memorable villain. Yeah. Well, yeah. So give them not necess- So give them something that distinguishes them. Uh. And. You know, their personality and things like that. Another thing, you know, we were talking earlier about mechanics, you know, putting like something in the environment that gives it different rules to put a twist on the fight. You can do this with NPCs as well. Perhaps one of these bosses uh, is basically uh, easily frenzied. You know, he he will easily Mm -hmm. lose control and attack everyone around him, including the other minions, if you can get him to lose control. So the idea is he's too powerful to attack head on. It's to enrage him to the point where he's killing everything. And so it's everyone against this crazy guy. Or like when I did, he has a dead man's trigger on him. Okay, so yeah. If he dies, something blows up and guess what he likes to do he likes to rush up and melee people so yeah. you can't like oh fuck I, I could shoot him with the sawed off but uh yeah i would be uh killed yeah so. and also speaking of like, the big villains another very important thing to do and it doesn't seem very actiony but allow your players to interact with them in a situation other than a massive well, that's more fight. of a campaign thing but well yeah. but yeah. it's it's true it's it's true as well yeah. um so yeah, uh, put we we can go on all night about different twists you can put in in the individual fight, um, but the main thing is you know whatever you know once you've got everything planned out and then you throw your players into the situation, they're going to do something unexpected most likely something you didn't think about. So the key one thing we've always emphasized is say yes but. So if the players want to jump from the shan you know jump onto the chandelier and then crash it on down on top of the enemy even though there's no real rules for it. Uh, improvise something, mm-hmm. you know, or if they, uh, or if they decide to jump out of the plane after a villain that also jumped out and want to have a fight in midair. Yeah, it's like okay, like let them know, let them know that uh, if you aren't holding on when he hits uh, like, a parachute, when, you know, yeah, there's only one parachute between the two of you, and uh, you only have so many rounds in order to uh, either hold on when he turn when he you know pulls the cord or to kill him, take it off and put it on yourself, or to hold on to his dead body while you pull it. So yeah. Um, yeah, you, yeah. If your players wanted to be that balls to the wall, then, uh, yeah, go for it. That would be, uh, interesting. <laughs> uh, if nothing, if nothing else, they'd have an interesting obituary. So, yeah. Um, well, you can say, uh, like, well, the great thing is you wouldn't have to roll for damage for that final impact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sort of, you're dead. Um, so that's, that's, that's sort of what we're getting at is make every fight unique. And uh, you can do this through the environment, through the enemies, through setting additional rules, new game mechanics for it, uh, or through the th- you just theming it. But make it so it's not we shoot, they shoot, we shoot. Yeah, they shoot. that is the most important thing to avoid. Yeah, avoid yeah avoid the grid map trading attacks. Yeah, just yeah. This uh, action games are really where the cinematic shit comes in. Yeah, and this isn't to say you know grid maps aren't. Good. No, actually, they're, they can be very good to set the scene. Yeah, uh, to let players, you know, to, to describe it in three dimensionality, you know, or two dimensionality. Well, uh, yeah, contrary to a lot, a lot of player players I've, I played with think you can have a rules set fight using all the combat rules and still have a cinematic fight. Yeah, but you know, I, I've re- I've read them both where we there's no map. We just okay. There's fifty guys in here, and there's you. Go for it, and yeah. we don't like we don't know where we are in relation to them. Yeah, we which that's okay more for a moot fight, but 
Yeah. You really want to have a map for when fighting the... Uh, the bad guy. Yeah, or even a meta move. Well, whenever it's yeah, really sort of uh, uh, complex, if you're describing a very complex three-dimensional play, something with like multiple levels, yeah. like a warehouse where there's you know catwalks above head. Or you're fighting and, in a big server room or yeah. something. Uh, now, again, we're describing most of this in terms of modern action movies. That's sort of the... the, mm-hmm. the yeah, once again, you can do this with any setting. Yeah. Fantasy, D&D, even fourth ed. I mean, uh, you know, despite its really heavy emphasis on the grid stuff. Um, it would be pretty easy. Uh, the enemies are a lot more resilient, so you can have them moving around. There's a lot more movement. Um, I think the final thing for just doing a good action scene is description. Like, you really have to be sort of a screenwriter, sort of be able to describe, you know, interior, the warehouse, you know, Bob Badass and Jane Badass break into the, <laughs> yeah. you know, bust through the door yeah. and open up with your shotguns. Yeah. And, do, and don't be afraid to do, the, yeah. actually, the announcer voice would be good to do for that. Yeah. Your fully automatic, flechette-loaded uh, uh, auto shotgun tears through the flesh of the mooks as they pitifully try to raise their Uzis and submachine guns at you. <laughs> they're fine, they're few, in their death throws that a few rounds are the m60 cuts through his midsection tearing him in two or your great sword totally disembowels the undead orc champion yeah except you know it's to really get over the top well i wouldn't say over the top but really get into it you know get the Mm -hmm. players on the same level and get them enthused about yeah you're not gonna run a good action game if you're doing okay you hit him for 18 damage what do you do okay you cut him for this he bleeds he steps back he attacks you with his Power one, and, and uh, actually with D and D, particularly with feats, yeah, feats are pretty much like an action stunt. Yeah, use them that way. Yeah, that's you true. Know, like you know, for spring attack, don't just say I okay, I jump in here, attack, and move out. It's you know, go you, you know, go in. for it. You leap, you know, leap into the air, your blade out. quick lightning, yeah, that cuts into him, and, and then, then it's you... like, and at the last second, you roll, you tuck and roll back out of the way. Yeah, um, of course. Conversely, the main thing is obviously you want these fights to be challenging, so. Uh, when doing a fight, don't make it just the players are badasses with no consequences. You yeah. want to give them a uh, challenge and make it true that you know that they can die or that they can fail. So, um, yeah, just uh, don't make it a cakewalk for them. I mean, especially the the boss fights. You know? Well, then again, then again, if one cakewalk fight can actually get them overconfident, and then you, then they can make another fight. Yeah. Like, if they start to lose and not not horrifically lose, but if they like it's going against their way, they're they look. I've had them get into it a lot more. Yeah. So uh, yeah, be be you know, be fair and don't just let them do whatever they want. So, anyways, th- I think that and the- well, and also for a good action scene, the music is important too. Yeah, you really, I, it's really hard I've found to run a good action sequence with no music at all. It's actually it's we never get into it that way, but you pop in some okay techno music. I, <laughs> I he, Diesel Ross, boy drum and bass. Or some heavy metal, or some, yeah. I, or like action movie soundtracks. Yeah. I like you know, scores to action movies. Yeah. Any of those things, any of those things can work. Yeah, yeah. Of course, techno is the best, obviously. Oh, electronic. Right. Shut <laughs> up. Drum and bass. I'm just saying it's. The but most... also, make sure the music isn't distracting. 120 though. beats per minute. Woo! But make sure it's not distracting. Yeah. You know, if you, if you start playing stuff, and and if it's music, if it, I've had this is just a personal thing. I've had this happen in one time. If you're playing music for a game, don't play something that you're so into. You're like, oh, just hold on. I like this part. <laughs> oh, yeah. You told us about the... Uh, uh, 
Yeah, the one GM who did that. That was a like, bad oh, experience. Like, dude, no, no, no. It's stop. a bad mo- vibe, man. Dude, you're harshing my mellow here. Yeah, that's true. So that's sort of okay. So those are the the kind of rules to do. And, and that you can individualize. Use, and, and even if it's not an action game, yeah. if you're having a comp, you can really spice up combat in any game just by using those rules. Yeah. Or the, yeah, those guidelines. Um, yeah, even if you're not doing a combat-heavy game, you know, you're doing like very role-playing intensive, well, hell, like, drama. Like, even in a Call of Cthulhu game where it's mostly investigation, when you finally get into a fight, yeah. you can do this shit. Yeah, no, I would do that when I was running Mass and I or Lothoteps when like the players are defending a mosque from. Oh, that hordes. was one. Of, that was one of the, that was an awesome scene. <laughs> yeah, you're mowing hordes of cultists coming over the hills, you know, with your Tommy guns and machine guns, and then oh shit, now there's a giant scene. And the thing is, we were we were winning pretty well, and it was just the cultists, so we were getting overconfident yeah. and then the monster shows up yeah. and the hunting horror and poor jason gets eaten i think yeah yeah good times good times, good times. pour some out for jason <laughs> <laughs> so anyways um so that's that, that that sort of system transparent that that works for any any yeah. type of game now, now when you're say, talking okay. about a whole I, an action campaign or an action scenario you know the whole theme mm-hmm. of the game is to be action the, the, you need to structure it a little differently yeah so. and uh actually well once again we'll bring up the james bond thing yeah. actually i think casino royale was a good action movie oh. mainly because this the action scenes were there were memorable and good but there were also scenes of other things yeah and action games aren't just one fight after another. Right. They're, you have to break them up with other shit. Yeah, I think, I mean, the players have to care about what's going on, about why they're fighting. I mean, it's not just James Bond, too. Think about the first Die Hard. Yeah. What are the most memorable scenes? I mean, well, like, well, first when, like, well, I think one thing, one thing scene is like when Hans Gruber is trying to pretend to be somebody else. Yeah. And, you know, just talking with John McClane. Yeah. Or later on, you know, when John McClane's walking over broken glass, or the most important thing, uh, John McClane talking on the radio to Al. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, to Hans Gruber. It's like yeah. you know, yippee ki yay, motherfucker. motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what we remember. It's that the hero standing up to the villain without just them shooting at each other. It's the uh, the 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 back and forth, the the, the dialogue. Yeah. So the players need a chance to sass the villain and to give him a, a what's for. Or let for. the villain have ch- time to gloat. And- yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, don't make it like retarded, you know, like superhero ah, let me tell you my plans, but uh, you know, maybe before the players or, okay, realize who okay, the villain well, actually, is. Well, back to uh, James yeah. Bond, because we, we had a very heated discussion with my friend David in the car <laughs> last night okay, after yeah. leaving, but the scenes when they're playing cards. Yeah. In uh, Casino Royale. Yeah, that was yeah. Yeah, in Casino, that was really good shit. Yeah, no, that was, you know... And often so, without even any words, just look, staring at each other across the I table. I mean, the thing about Bond is, yeah, he's a, a ruthless killer. He always wins, blah, blah, blah. But that's not why he's a memorable character. It's because he's an insufferably arrogant prick. And he gets Fighting away with it. Fighting against other insufferable arrogant yeah, pricks. Yeah, I mean, he's just so British and so ruthless, yet he's so charming about it that he gets away with it. I mean... Uh, you know, he's the one who seduces the 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 woman in the enemy organization. He's the one who can outwit his foe. You know, trick them into doing what they yeah, don't want. We're do. showing up in a situation where they can't openly attack each yeah. other. Yeah, uh, it's not just rushing in guns blazing. And you, as a GM, you have to provide opportunities for the players to do that. I mean, it can't just be fight after fight, like we're saying. Is like. You have to do some planning ahead of time. You can't just expect the players to come up with reasons to interact with the villain without just shooting at them. So if that does, yeah that that makes sense. Suppose, well, you still have to make a campaign of it. Yeah. So um, so of course you do. Like, vari- so what we're getting is basically variety is the spice of life. Yeah. So um, 
put in the other, you know, don't forget about the other types of scenes, dialogue, role playing, investigation, yeah, investigation, uh, you know, just comic relief. Comic relief is important. Um, you might have one of the fights just be uh, against a yeah, totally bumbling idiot minion or something like or that. Or an interrogation scene. Yeah, interrogation scenes are great. Um, of course, you kind of want to interrogation scenes kind of be play, careful because you know sometimes you might unleash the inner sadist of some players and we get like. Well, actually, I found a way. Of, I found a way around that. Yeah. One time, I actually had. Uh, this was David back, kind of way back in the day. Yeah. They captured someone and were trying to get information, and he just went right to the smashing a hammer against the guy's knees and i kept doing it and the guy i had him I, I, in the game he was too busy screaming to say anything and david keeps hitting him and finally i was just quietly making rolls and finally he's like uh like he shot like you just killed him he died from the shock <laughs> yeah and he's like well i wasn't hitting that hard like you shattered both of his like i was keeping track of everything you were doing yeah you killed him <laughs> that's interesting all right it, that, uh, that's one way of doing it what uh, system was this in uh, this was uh, uh, Palladium back when I was running that. What alignment was David? Uh, <laughs> unprincipled. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I thought about lowering, but like, oh, what? It was that point I started to sense the game falling apart. It's like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah, yeah. That that'd be like, no, your new uh, alignment is a uh, miscreant. Screw you. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> sort of like you're not good anymore. You're not even self, anyways. Um, so again, yeah, variety is the spice of life. Actually, uh, what I've done from uh, the games I've run with Andy's group were some of the best action games I've ever run okay. or played in. Is also just banter between NPC, various NPCs, like yeah. per, like personal downtime. Okay, one in particular is uh, the uh, one one game I was uh, one game I was running. It was uh, a game of the future and intelligent dinosaurs and action and guns and all that. I was in a few sessions. Yeah, you were. Yeah, and uh, there's one where my you know, the one of the NPCs, the, basically my the GM's character in the game was was a T Rex named Vic. Yeah. Who was a you know, total badass, you know, gun toting guy. And they're trying to find him. Yeah. So they go to his house. they look up look up his address, which he never told them his address. Right. And they go there and there's like a family of plant eating dinosaurs that are like much smaller. They find out Vic was adopted. Okay. And uh, I, I did a whole scene where they said, Would you like to see some pictures of Vic when he was a baby? Oh, they're yeah. like, Yes. Yes, we would. <laughs> and we had uh, we had an hour and a half of just you know them you know talking to Vic's parents, and then he finally shows up and is you know he's like, like doing the oh god the tour of shame. <laughs> See, yeah. So uh, and they talk about that almost as much as they talk about the action sequences. Yeah. So yeah, that 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 again uh, breaking up for the comic relief for the characterization, the role playing, as they're saying, as mm-hmm. they would say, uh, is vital to this sort of thing. Now. Um, one thing is also when you're talking about the stories, like you, you should follow an action movies. If you're trying to do an action, you should also follow the structure of an action movie, which yeah. is to say, uh, you need to start small and work your way up. Like basically the mantra in Hollywood is raise the stakes. So you start with the mundane, you know, the minor problems say, you know, one of your friends gets killed. There's a crime. There's this thing, but you know, the PCs rush into action. They, they win the first battle and they realize the stakes are there's mm-hmm. something more going on. Like, uh, um, what's the Schwarzenegger movie with Jamie Lee Curtis? Uh, True Lies. True Lies. Like you don't know, like you're saying, don't start with the Harrier. Right. Start with you know he's a guy he gets the secret from uh, the enemy. The chateau. And then yeah. Has to escape. Yeah. And then so that's the first action. Then we go cut to the the rest of the group and they're doing the mundane yeah. suburban. Then thing. the mall comes up. Yeah. There's a little more property damage. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it goes back to comic relief, and then it, then they realize, oh shit, there's this huge terrorist plot with and nuclear all this, weapons. And- yeah, um, so that's the thing is like start small and work your way up. Uh, in the fourth Ed campaign I'm running right now, it's sort of like they're on this new continent. They're ex- you know trying to colonize it. There are these two tribes. I've hinted that at some things, and as they reveal go on, they'll reveal more and more about what's the history of this place and what's really going on. And they're like, "Oh shit, the world's in trouble" or something like that. Yeah. As every D and D game inevitably goes to, the world is doomed unless we throw the magic MacGuffin into the. The Magical MacGuffin, MacGuffin into recipient. the volcano of Deus Ex Machina. So, <laughs> yeah. um, well said. So yeah, so raise the stakes. Every scenario, every battle should be more important, more at stake than the previous one. So mm-hmm. yeah, that way the player, of course, and eventually you have to eventually end and be like, oh, you saved the world. The climax is at an end, and then you can start. You know, after that, yay! Yeah, they do the Final Fantasy. Da, 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 da. Yeah, then you can go back, start raising the stakes again. Start, you know, there's a cycle mm-hmm. to it. You know, so yeah, you know, and level the game up with your players too. Yes. So, um, the main thing is also uh, one last thing. Talking about raising the stakes, like introduce your NPCs early on, like the enemies and the uh, adversaries or the allies, mm-hmm. and try to have each one like foreshadow them like the big bad guy you know give hints you know like maybe he has a metal claw and he kills people by injecting acid into their faces and so they keep finding or maybe they think he's their ally at first yeah exactly the tra- yeah the the betrayal uh, of course players want to kill everybody anyway so they'll exactly <laughs> they'll be hard to him no matter what but you get the idea so and the and, you know the and the uh, sidekicks and the npc allies you know introduce them early on so the players can relate to them and you know you the main thing you want to avoid is yeah we're saying interact with the villains blah 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 but you have to be very careful about that because the tendency is players to kill whatever person you know poses a problem to them as soon as possible mm-hmm. you know yeah like, it yeah i i've been in a, i've been in several i think it's mostly online games where the ones playing the heroes are just you know, they when they find out where, where the, like where the villain is, they just they rush in, guns blazing, and just try to kill him. Even though no matter where he is, like he could be in City Hall. Yeah. And it's you know, is every problem solved with the proper application of bullets? Yeah. Um, you know, you don't want them to just make a deal. You know, like oh, you're at a cocktail party, and oh, there's the international terrorist, but you can't prove it. Well, I poison his drink. You know, or mm. or that's too subtle for most players. That'd be like I shoot him in the face with my Mossberg twelve gauge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or my double barrel sawed off. Woo, let's yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, I found a few ways to get around that. Like yeah. once, like I've like actually, I've one time I've had the villains like kids yeah. nearby. Yeah, kids are a good taboo. That like play, like, most even players, the, even the most sadistic players I played with yeah. usually ease off when there's children involved. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And if you're playing with people who don't, wow, you should, probably shouldn't be playing with <laughs> yeah. them. They're probably the same type of people who are like, I can't believe I can't kill kids in Fallout Three. That's a total bullshit. Yeah. Uh, yes, and there are people like that. And, and yeah, like yeah, I'm used to talk about your necromancer and his dead dead baby armor. No, that was something I read. I never did yeah. that myself. Okay. Well, you mentioned it. Yeah, I mentioned that. Uh, but uh, you weren't—you didn't actually actively seek to go do it. No, no, I never did it. Anyways, I read about it and told mm-hmm. you about it. Right. So no one is confused. Anyway, um, 
so yeah, that that that's the main thing is uh, you have to control how they are. So you might want to do it by indirectly, like messages, you know, phone calls or mm-hmm. letters or hints, you know, like the the villain's like, signature like, weapon, like videotapes delivered. Yeah. Exactly, or uh, you know, they find bodies that have been killed by the or, or uh, enemy. Remember the, the third. Remember the, thir- remember the third Die Hard movie. Mm, vaguely, it's a uh, like you never you never even saw you know, Jeremy Irons' villain until the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. It was always just phone calls. There you go. So yeah, that's that. That's the thing is, uh, you know, allies. You can be a little more cavalier since hopefully the players won't kill them. Um. <laughs> Yeah, and, and if you if you if you're gonna have them vision, you know, like you know, able to see them from the beginning, have them be where they can't just like go into like it's you know like the aid to they know the aid to the governor is of the villain, but he's by the governor's side at all times. Yeah, of course, players, most players would be like that's acceptable collateral damage. You know, then make it clear that fine, you do that, you're gonna have the entire police force gunning like at campaign you. over. Yeah, so. Um, those are the things to keep in mind. Uh, in general, just you know, plan on it, raise the stakes, create memorable characters, um, you know, techno music, you know, and not just have endless fights. Yeah. Variety is the spice of life. So yeah, and, and as for now, have a wide variety of weapons in mind. Yeah, because you 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 you're gonna have players. well, it couldn't not necessarily weapons, but attack patterns. So like mm-hmm. if you're doing a martial arts game, obviously. Well, I'm talking like, about you know like stupid details. Like I yeah. like there are people I, I know I have friends when they say like okay what can I like picking when they're picking out their guns. Yeah. They get really specific. Okay, like I want the Israeli arms Desert Eagle, you know the you know fifty you know the, with the fifty caliber AE rounds, or the extended fourteen magazine clip, and they. And like, fine, heavy pistol. Yeah, you know, but actually, don't don't do that. Just say, you know, just say, all right, you have that. Okay. Oh, you wrote down the entire statistics and history of the gun. Great. Well, it does five d six damage per shot. Yeah. Um. But well, you know, be able to do that. They like it when they can say they pull right. Their I mean that. Weapon. Well, I mean that that you know obviously applies to modern action games, but in other genres. Uh, a variety is still work like and again like the example as you martial arts like everyone mm. has a different school or you know you know white crane versus black dragon versus you know red yeah. tiger or the school. sword the sword that comes from whatever fang of a dragon or... right or yeah in the fantasy you know you have dozens of swords you know short sword versus long sword versus katana which can cut through tanks oh ka- well, the katanas are the katanas are the greatest weapon ever made in the universe yes um, or in sci-fi games, you have all the different, you know, pulse rifles and plasma rifles and ion rifles. Gatling laser and, guns. Gatling laser guns, yes. So that's the thing is, you know, again, have variety, not just, you know, pistol, rifle, and, you know, that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, some of these gimmicky weapons that most people ignore, you know, like mm-hmm. those, again, are really great for uh, villains. You know, have a gimmicky villain who uses a spear. Nobody else would use a spear because it's inferior, but he uses a bunch of tricks to make it different, and he throws you off balance because you're not used to fighting a spear guy or something like that. Yeah, or a man with, like James Bond, man with the golden gun. Yeah, is a you know uses a single bullet gun. Yeah, um, or uh, you know D D also nets. You know the mm-hmm. guy that jerk who always throws nets, and he's like, ah, I threw a net on you, you can't move. And he's like, you're a dick. You know, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, the, yeah. You like use like think you can think of a lot of cool attacks yeah. to use for any situation. So, and uh, or another thing I found I, I found works well to keep my players happy and interested in the game is put a whole bunch of bells and whistles on a simple gun. Oh yeah, you know like gun gun nuts call those space guns. You can look up mm-hmm. photos where they have scopes and laser sights. Yeah, like the digital like digital ammo counter. Yeah, yeah. Like, so just I I found the more I've played, just you know I describe. 
like the, you know this you know this gun that you know it's it's like a huge revolver that has only three that's a three round chamber <laughs> but each one is you know but you know the shell you know bullets are like a light you know self propelled rocket grenade you know yeah you know give them that essentially yeah. this uses the same rules for a grenade light grenade launcher but <laughs> but it's when it's compacted to a revolver like dude that is so awesome all right and uh or like, or give them, or give them just little things that don't have any, that may not have any actual mechanics stuff. Like, you know, like the gun that is resistant to putting fingerprints on it. Yeah, you have the fun in role playing. Isn't you know the characterization isn't conquering new things. It's buying cool gadgets and crap for your and, character. Uh, and uh, and that applies to fourth ed and modern. Yeah, games. and the suit or up, any D&D and the game. suit up scene. Yeah. My players love suit-up scenes. <laughs> so, yeah, it's shopping. That's what role-playing is really yeah, about. It, it, shopping sh- role-playing, for role, Role-playing is big apocalyptic QVC. Yeah. <laughs> or fantasy. Fantasy QVC. Yeah, exactly. well, I, well, just... Magic item shops. Implements of destructions in QVC. Yeah. Well, and armor. And, well, and, and ways to prevent implements of destruction from <laughs> killing you. And hacking tools or sorcery. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. You get the idea. Anyways. Uh, we're we're preaching to the choir on that. I'm sure you all know. Yeah, so uh, that's our advice for running action scenes and running an action game campaign scenario, what have you. So if you have any questions about running your own action game, or if you have your uh, uh, own great ideas on it, uh, uh, let us know. Email us or uh, post it on our forums. And uh, if they're good, we may even read them off. Yes. So uh, coming up, a letter from Tom, and then of course shoutouts and an anecdote. Now, a letter from me. The last few weeks have been a hazy collection of Fallout 3 and occasional breaks for shitting and intake of nutrients to keep my miserable carcass alive in playing Fallout 3. Did I mention Fallout 3? So I have had little time to engage at atrophied brain cells to come up with a letter. My brain is a chunk of obsidian coated in Teflon impervious to the intake of knowledge or the processing of creative ideas. So rather than writing a meaningful letter to leave you with pithy thoughts and an overall sense of mental calm, I will instead give you a bullshit top ten list. If that is unacceptable to you, then may I give you directions to my ass, so you may kiss it like an ass blarney stone. Top ten modern day game setting NPCs that should raise a red flag. 1. The prosecuting attorney who has a shit-stained piece of toilet paper framed and hanging next to his law school diploma. 2. The crying nun carrying a harpoon gun walking into a strip club. 3. The wino who has cow's udder surgically attached to his chest who offers to give your daughter a mastectomy. 4. The store clerk who tells you he's out of first aid kits but asks if you would like to buy the severed human thumb he keeps in a baggie. 5. The mailman who constantly mutters under his breath and the only word you can make out is your first name. 6. The store clerk whose response to your request to get something off the top shelf is, okay, but first put this condom and clown wig on. 7. The mayor who was elected under a platform of a small child locked in every basement and a car in every garage. 8. The prostitute who has an infection visible from across the street through clothing. 9. The old lady with a flower print doily stitched together from human flesh. 10. Clowns. Seriously. Clowns, man. I love Java, sweet and hot. Whoops, Mr. Moto, I'm a coffee pot. Shoot me the pot, not for me a shot. A cup, a 
Yeah, man. Fuck clowns. Seriously, yeah. fuck those guys. As you, uh, you may have noticed, that maybe was not exactly my normal, you know, thing I do. So why are they warrant red flags, Tom? Well, whenever you, meet, if you ever met this person, actually in a game or just on the street, yeah, the, you would do everything you can to nod and move, get as, get yourself away from them as possible, fast as possible. Okay. Now that's I know that's so. Not, if your G- GM puts in clowns or you know the nun with the harpoon gun that's that's you should just leave the game immediately yeah well not the game but leave the area (laughs) leave the area well that would kind of necessitate leaving the game unless it was an online game Ooh. yeah then what do you what do you do man what do you do pop quiz hot shot there's a clown what do you do clown in the game what do you do do you leave the game it's an online game are you a bad enough dude to stop the clown (laughs) (laughs) uh video game references so uh but yeah i've been our generation i've been playing fallout 3 so consistently that when you finally told me hey let's we're gonna do an episode tomorrow tell me what you think all right it wasn't until an hour later fuck i gotta write a letter too (laughs) god damn it yeah uh yeah well we've both been playing fallout 3 we've both beaten it by now you should play it and beat it it's an mm-hmm. awesome game the ending uh, not so much but it's just an the, awesome the, journey but the journey yeah yeah it's uh it definitely lives up to the first two you should play those as well yeah and, are we uh, on by the way are we on shout outs right now well i guess so well okay then i just want to say fallout 3 yeah you get it yeah just get it you son of a bitch why are you getting fallout why, haven't, why, why haven't you gotten it yet why haven't you beaten it yet mother god damn it get it what the fuck is wrong with you you can call yourself a human. Call yourself alive. How could you be alive if you can't play Fallout 3? Live, man! Live! Acting! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my... Live! Embrace life! I am a member of the... I'm a romantic, and that is my duty in life! <laughs> oh, that master, I, th- master thespian shit yeah. there. Yeah, and then I jump off a waterfall. Living. and die yeah but i've lived life because i am fully you, embraced the, the the richness that is life and fallout 3 and fallout 3. Well, yeah that's that's a subset okay of life. so yeah okay yeah anyways so um yeah you should definitely uh play that uh my first uh shout out is for uh the something awful traditional games forum and it's upset forum tra- uh, trad game discussions i know i mentioned that last episode i forgot to link to it so um if you're on something awful go there i'm clockwork joe i'm in one play by post game and i post in the discussion stuff and it's just neat and they it's need all more neat. people so talking about games and yeah stuff. so yeah super anyways uh you had one more tom yeah i had uh well going on action games one that came out, I believe, in 2007 was the Punisher game. Yeah. For the I had mine for the PC. It was out for a few other systems too. Yeah. And it's it's you know the third it's a third you know the third per, you know third person over the shoulder kind shooter of shooter but right. it's you know, it's extremely violent. Bodies explode with when bullets hit them very nicely, and the interrogation sequences are really nice. Yeah, it's cheap now. Uh, I forgot if it's for the 360 or the Xbox and blah blah blah. But yeah, it's uh, it's a fun game. It's about ten hours to beat. So it's, yeah, it's and, a, you know lots of cameos from other Marvel characters. Yeah, there's a new Punisher game coming out, but it's only for the PS3. Yeah, it was for based on the kind of based on the on Warzone or it's on the new movie. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm. I think it's multiplayer. I'll give a only. shout out to that when it comes out. Trust me. Even though you don't have a PS3. Well, I mean the movie. Oh yes. I'm extremely the. 
I'm very much looking forward to that. Okay. And finally, our last shout-out is for Sean Con, which is Kansas City next week, uh, or this week, I, depending on when I post this. <laughs> oh, Ross, you suck. Yeah. Uh, we're lazy. Anyways, um, it's a RPG con. We'll be there. We'll be signing autographs for all the screaming teen girl mobs. And, uh, no. No. This is the other world that Ross inhabits. <laughs> the sky isn't blue in my world. It's purple. Um, so, yeah, it will, we'll be there if you're a fan. If you're in the KC area, uh, come say hi. Uh, mm. but we have postcards. Yeah, but we'll be in Kansas City, and Ross will be paying for my gas, right? Yeah, sure. Why not? Wow, that like that worked better than I thought. <laughs> yes. Anyways, uh, and finally, we have an anecdote from a reader who sent it to us on MySpace actually a while ago, but I was too lazy to do it, and because he wanted Tom to read the letter. So yeah, I, uh, okay. I'm, yeah. Does he think my voice is sexy or something? Actually, he specifically no, he didn't. I don't know. You don't, okay. Well, I'm flattered anyway. Yeah. All you fans are like, oh wow, I love this podcast, Tom. You're so great. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, that if that that if that happens, uh, it does happen. That's the it end. It's all the time. That's kind of that's like the end of the empire, isn't it? I do all the work, you get all the praise. That's well, what I'm saying. And the rightful order has been restored. Yeah, I you said, wound me, good sir. So uh, here's the anecdote. All right, here is the anecdote. In my gaming group, I have always sort of been the regular GM, and after a few years of it, two of the group wanted to try their hands at running things. First to try was our nerdy friend with a penchant for rolling snipers, no matter what game we're playing, and liked to emphasize a click-click sound when he aimed his blaster pistol at someone, despite the fact that a blaster pistol doesn't go click-click. He ran Shadowrun 4th Edition, a special kind of hell. Though no, one, though no one in the group understood the health system, let alone what to actually roll, we managed a four-session stint that ended when the group decided to lay low instead of going directly to the next subplot. I'm totally massing on this, I'm sorry. And the GM admitted he had no clue what to do outside of his notes, despite boasting when he started running the game that he could come up with situations on the spot. The next to try their hand was, I hate to say it, our Munchkin. 80% of all characters in our Star Wars games that she rolled usually were descendants of Sith Lords, with access to all their hidden away resources, and would become snappish and mean when I would dare to beat her defense when I would dare to beat her defense on an attack roll. In our Trail of Cthulhu games, I made the mistake of allowing her to be a vampire, according to the book, a Bela Lugosi-style vampire. She believed that also entailed that she could be a daywalker, taking no harm from the sun, could speak any language her sire had spoken, and was immune from 90% of all stability roles. It would argue to points to make her points valid, and a bitter ruling would have to be made. The first game she ran for us was a Planescape 2.0 game in which she managed to acquire the oldest box set of the campaign setting. Impressive enough, however, the way she ran it, you were afraid to do anything other than what the key NPCs told you to do. The city of Sigil may as well have been Alcatraz, for all I cared, <laughs> and she would gladly emphasize the lethal capabilities of the iconic Lady of Pain deity, and how much more powerful the NPCs were compared to us. She also, she also had a habit of pausing the game to lecture us on minor lore bits that none of us cared about. For instance, when how certain senses in the video game... Planescape Torment coincided with our campaign. If none of the players have played the game, no one gives a shit, and the social structure of the history of Dark Elves to the point that I know loathe all things drow. Oh, that I now loathe all things drow. Then recently she got her hands on the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic campaign setting and asked if I wouldn't mind if she ran a campaign amidst our regular Rebellion Era sessions. 
Again, more of the same. There was an emphasis on the coolness of the NPCs over our own PCs, that it seemed that even a Jedi Master would strike one of us down in cold blood. And the way she handled combat was like the gunfight at the OK Corral on loop. Encounter bad guys standing side by side. Line up three squares away, open fire. With no cover or environmental properties or anything other than a sparse battleground. My Kel Noble named Cthulhu would always wind up face down in the dirt waiting for someone to st- stop the bleeding. Not that I'm bitter. I did confront her on a few occasions about the faggotry of gaming with her and gaming under her, and she would always come back with the same reply. Yes, but you have to admit I make things interesting. If by interesting you mean an endless parade of munchkinism and power playing NPCs against the players, sure, that is interesting. Thank you and good night. Wow, I have to say, uh, that that's uh, yeah, pretty bad. Well, and also you paid for having me read it. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that was the reader's request. Oh, and who was that? That was uh, uh, Dr. Oh, it's abbreviated. Yeah. Dr. Scraps. Dr. Scraps. Dr. Scraps, thank you. So uh, the OK Corral style of uh, fighting is not exactly what you would want. No, and I'm pretty sure even in the gunfight of the OK Corral, they weren't lining up side by side. Yeah, so... uh, I'm sure there was some diving for cover. (laughs) Yeah, probably. So anyways, this has been episode 24. Which is, go, go, go! And other action movie cliches. Yes, and in closing, move, move, move! Go, go, go!